Yeah, yeah, ay, yeah, ay. Drive it in the corner, Luca! We are back for another episode of the Mavs Fans for Life podcast. I am your host, Nate Sanchez. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Michael Terrazas. How are you doing on this fine Wednesday evening, Michael? Uh, I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. What a... Well, what about the NBA champions, the Milwaukee Bucks, man? How about what? it, man? Good for Giannis. I'm I'm happy for him. That was that was a lot of fun to watch. And I must say, uh, I was fairly vocal about not my distaste for Giannis. I always thought he was an amazing player, but I wasn't sure he could be the guy on a championship team. I thought he might need another, a better number two, or at the very, or maybe he was the number two. I just didn't think they had enough in Milwaukee going into the season. That was partly why I thought Giannis to Luca made so Giannis to Dallas made so much sense. And then that all got laid to rest once he signed the contract and everything. But uh, yeah, congrats to Milwaukee, man. That was phenomenal. Uh, shout out to one of my best friends at Mizzou, uh, Lando, I, not the owner of, of, of the Mavs fans for life. And I actually believe it or not know another Lando uh, and <laughs> Uh, he's a diehard Bucks fan. He was actually at game six. He was sending me videos. I was a little jealous, a li- little bit jealous. Oh, man. But uh, but yeah, man, that was that was really awesome to see. And you know what? That was that, that was a big win for the NBA as a whole, um, that a guy that stayed, didn't leave and go form a super team, stayed and won the title. I mean, that's the first, you know, stuck with a team through thick and thin and won the title since Dirk. I mean, Giannis had his Dirk moment and it was, it was really awesome to see. It was really cool seeing him in Milwaukee. Well, I mean, if we're being honest, did we really expect him to walk away from that money? I mean, if we're really being honest, so it didn't surprise me that he resigned, but it was, I mean, what an incredible finals, man. This was better than the golden state Cleveland. uh, Yeah. Rivalry. No. Well, other than 2016. Yeah, I was gonna say. Obviously. I was gonna say that was this other was the best final since 2016. This was the best. Yeah, one this was this, this was easily the best one. Well, I mean, I was a big fan for the Raptors. I was rooting for them, so I was rooting for Kyle Lowry. Really, um, so that was exciting for me, I guess. But I, I mean, I get what you're saying when it comes to you know Giannis and everything, and I've had my opinions about Giannis, and everybody always wants to take it and spin yeah, it. And I saw some people like were on your, something. I saw some people were yeah. on your head on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I all I basically mentioned was that he's a dominant player in the paint. Um, when he attempts to shoot on the perimeter, people back off of him for a reason. I literally said he can't do anything else but grab rebounds and get layups and get dunks. And he just so happens he's pretty to damn good at it. Yeah. He's pretty. He's the best. <laughs> in the paint player we have in the NBA, that's not a shot. That's just simply I mean, saying he has a limitation to his game, but what 
his game is, is pretty much the most dominant in the NBA and no one can stop him. I literally told one of my friends the other day, I would pay pay-per-view money to watch Giannis versus prime Dwight Howard in the paint. I, yeah. I would literally pay pay-per-view money for that. Oh yeah. man, that's just, yeah. I, I, mean, I think Shaq would win that one. Honestly. I, I mean, dude, this was what Giannis did was flat out unbelievable because in the finals, he got better and better each game. He just kept topping each unbelievable performance with an even better performance. And then he capped it all with a 50-piece in a, in a clinching game at home. That was just – it was unbelievable stuff. And I was talking to some of my friends last night. I mean, that last night, that was the most dominant, most incredible individual performance in the finals I have seen from a player since – the J.R. Smith forgot the score game when LeBron went nuts in Golden State. I mean, that was legendary stuff from Giannis. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I I said last night also, I, he planted his flag as the best player in the game right now. What he did was so unbelievable. Uh, I, I mean, he – until until he's dethroned next year, and I think LeBron might have something to say about it next year. But, I mean, until he's dethroned, what he did was just unbelievable – and on top of all that, you forget that ex- seven days before the finals started, he brutally hyperextended his knee. People were thinking he tore his ACL. And he people was forgot about out that. For the, yeah, people forget about that. And I, and I remember my first thought in game one was because I was thinking, oh, son. I thought his good. season was done. Everyone the did. The way it looked. I thought Everyone it was did, done. Dude. The, a lot of those like Twitter, like former uh, sports doctors that have worked with teams, uh, can't think of his name he does a lot of nfl stuff but he he did he did put out a statement about Giannis saying like good news is i think he might have avoided structural damage bad news is he's done for the playoffs and it, and everyone just kind of said okay well now we're gonna maybe get a a hawk suns finals but no Giannis bucks oh. held on without him and Giannis, man he was just he was phenomenal but again i mean that, that that's that's another team and this is a Mavs podcast. We're going to get into the Mavs. We had some big Mavs stuff, but yeah. Uh, shout out to Milwaukee and Giannis and what uh, I do. That, wanna, that was legendary stuff. What I do want to mention is that yes, both of these teams benefited from injuries. Uh, you take care of what you need to take care of. You do what you need to do. And that's what both of these teams did. You can talk about, Oh, they were an inch away from being eliminated or Phoenix. If they faced Kawhi, they wouldn't have been there so forth and so on i don't give a damn because these two teams laid everything they had on the court um i i really don't understand the Giannis is the best player in the game if you, you don't have a perimeter game perimeter game you're immediately disqualified from that discussion in my opinion i disagree um, man but he is a easily a top 5 top 3 player um easily in my mind so Hey, I mean, he got his championship moment. He was also taking some shots at other guys, you know, at, at the end of it. But, dude, I mean, what can I say? He put the team on his back, especially when they gave up that lead. Put him on his back, made everyone on the Suns look weak, which is, I mean, they probably are. A lot of toothpicks on that team. But, hey, man, like you said, it's a Mavs podcast. The the Bucks, congratulations. The Suns. You're very young. You gotta you lose before you learn how to win. It took Jordan what seven years to win a championship yeah. or six, and LeBron time, man. seven. It takes time. So hey, man, they got a bright future ahead of themselves. And hey, man, the 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 grass is always greener on the other side. 
Yeah, and uh, one more thing. Did you uh, did you see the Giannis video today of him uh, ordering a fifty piece from in the Chick Fil A drive through? Did you happen oh, to see that Chick-fil-A video? And everybody was asking for pictures. Yeah, and he said, "Not forty nine, not fifty one. I want exactly a fifty piece." That was he, he's. He's easily the most likable player in the league right now. I feel Dude, like everyone, he just won a championship. Him. He yeah. he just won a championship. He can talk all the mess he wants. He can yeah. be proud. He can have an ego. He just won a championship. He's a two-time MVP. He's defensive player of the year. Do what you want this summer, Giannis. Just go for it. Yeah, and and uh, yeah, you were mentioning some like the thing, the lucky bounces they had. Look, every chance it's you need some luck along the way. Uh, you could look at almost every championship team. Uh, they had great bounces go their way. Uh, you know, not taken away from the Mavs championship, but I mean, who's, who knows what happens in the Western conference finals. If the eight seed Grizzlies don't knock out the one seed Spurs that year and the 2015 warriors, you know, who knows what happens if, if uh, Kyrie and love aren't hurt or the Raptors, when the whole warriors team are hurt. And you could say that about every team. So I've, I, I feel like you can say both things about the Bucks saying, yeah, they, they got a pretty awesome draw on their way to the title, but mm-hmm. you know, you can say that about just about every championship team. And so you can say that without taking things away from the Bucks. They were awesome. But anyways, one, one thing really, I, I, I keep saying one more thing, literally just one more thing. Look, if you want to praise Giannis, praise Giannis, but please, for the love of God, Give Chris Middleton some love. Yep. All I've heard yep. is Giannis, 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 Giannis. And Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, in my opinion, were way more important in this series than Giannis was. The job they did defensively, perimeter game, they hit their shot. Well, Drew Holiday had like one great game. Chris Middleton is the closer of this team. He solidified himself as a star, basically told all fans to shut up about trading him. He, man, dude, I love me some Chris Middleton, but that, that was my last thing. Let's get to the Mavs, man. <laughs> hey, so yeah, and I guess that's honestly a decent segue because last night when Giannis was uh, shouting out uh, people throughout his career, he personally shouted out Jason Kidd. And uh, I don't know if you guys knew this, but Jason Kidd was just introduced as the new head coach of the Mavs. Um, so. We find we found out we we were wondering why it's so weird why it's taking so long to do this presser. Uh, Mark Cuban revealed that Nico Harrison put in his two weeks notice at Nike and finished out his two weeks at, at Nike, and now he's full steam ahead with the Mavs. And uh, he said it's a uh, he basically had to leave a dream job for another dream job, and uh, he said the Mavs checked all the boxes and uh, everything you would want, and he seemed he was very soft spoken. Uh, whole thing seemed a little scripted, which I mean, they had about um, eight years to prepare for this presser. I mean, presser, I, wouldn't really so, I mean, say it was scripted, but yeah, yeah, it it felt like it at times, man. But yeah, well, they I mean, the opening remarks. Yeah, obviously. yeah, of course, of course. But uh, but yeah, I I liked what I heard from Nico. But I mean, most of the meat of everything of all the content from that came from Jason Kidd. Mm-hmm. Um, he said a lot of things, man. Uh. Not nothing again. They didn't really get into what they're going to do with the roster or anything like that, but a few things jumped out of me. We're going to talk about each of them. Uh, first with kid, they talked a lot about, about his journey, uh, his, that they, they use that buzzword a lot journey about that was their way of referencing his past domestic violence issues. I'm not surprised they didn't get too much into it just because kids family was there. Um, so I, I get it from that standpoint. 
So they got into that stuff. They got some tough questions about that. Uh, I said a couple weeks ago, we'll know a lot more about KP's future at the Mavs based on this presser. And that's exactly what we got. They publicly and very hardly defended KP. Now that doesn't 100% mean he's safe, but I, that was very, very noteworthy. That was probably the biggest thing to come out of that. Um, and Jason Kidd talked a lot about developing guys. Uh, and he, I found it very interesting that he specifically called out Josh Green by name. So, I mean, that, that's the laundry list of things they touched on. Um, getting into the first, the tough stuff, what were your thoughts on, you know, the, the tough questions that uh, sent Marshall, Jason Kidd, Mark Cuban, and Nico Harrison had to face regarding Jason Kidd's past? Well, talking about a couple points that we highlighted before the show, I mean, when it came to Jason Kidd, I believe he was asked, I, I can't remember who it was, I believe I want to say it was Isaac Harris from Locked on Mavs, so credit to him for that question about, um, you know, previous stints in Milwaukee and Brooklyn, what, what did he take away from that and all that good stuff. He then, to say, you know, he forgot to mention the Lakers in his opening remarks and thanking them, Rob Palenka, Jeannie Buss, um, Frank Vogel and all those things. The biggest thing that popped out to me was that he basically said, as a former player, immediately going into coaching, you think you know it all, but you don't know everything. Mm -hmm. And yep. he's right. I mean, he, he's right. The player part of it is one thing on the coaching aspect. It's a teacher. You're not performing anymore. You're teaching. You're leading. You're by verbiage, like verbally leading men and putting them in a position to succeed. And that's something that he has learned. And, you know, you and I, I have hopped on this uh, a couple of times of what he's possibly learned. He's learned so much stuff, man. I, I, I see the growth. And I remember when the press conference happened, everybody after the press conference, this is horrible. That was a fire up in flames or something. I mean, I, are y'all just not happy with anything these days? I mean, <laughs> why, why would Jason Kidd come out on what the biggest day, one of the biggest days of his life and entertain the, the, the stupid questions that were asked of him? I mean, why would he entertain that? Yeah. He's going to, talk about basketball and of course he was asked some other questions i feel like not naming names but i feel like a couple of people were really reaching for a headline for their newspaper but hey man well, uh, yeah, also I'm, sent marshall she actually had a lot to say yeah when it came to that she talked about the conversations obviously those words are between them she talked about their values and what nico and jason kid they basically met those qualifications and the biggest thing honestly Mark Cuban literally said Jason Kidd was not his hire. It was Nico's. Yeah. So we speculated about that, but Mark literally came out and said, well, Jason Kidd wasn't my hire. I'm like, oh, damn. Okay, well, <laughs> that's straight up Nico then. So I guess we can, I don't know, maybe just back off a little bit of Mark Cuban for, for the hate we gave him. But those were a couple of things that I took away from it. Well, so getting into the the domestic violence questions they got. Um, well, I, I will say I would, I would be, I would carefully word um, your thoughts on those questions. Cause I, I really don't like Tim Cato's a great reporter and I don't think he was reaching for it. I, I think that those were important questions that had to be addressed because that was one of the first big things that came up when the hire was announced. And, you know, the Mavericks, 
they don't have a great recent history with regards to sexual harassment. And, I'll actually and, and, and specify it wasn't Tim Cato. It was a couple of people. I, I, I know Tim Cato name, asked one it question. Wasn't, it wasn't Tim Cato because his questions were okay. actually about basketball. People wanted to get into move away from that's what my um, opinion was about. It had nothing to do with Tim Cato, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. But th- I just think that, you know, it, yes, basketball had to be discussed and it was discussed. That was just something that even me, like I wanted to hear what they had to say about that. And I did find it interesting when they, um, gosh, I'm her name slipping me. The female reporter uh, that asked them that asked sent Marshall, you know, her, they asked her and a uh, kid what they would say to all the people that are upset about this or, or what they would say to uh, domestic abusers and those have that, that have been affected by it. Sent Marshall, gave a great uh, monologue about her history with it and how she's, you know, grown from it and how she was once a victim and has grown from that. And then uh, Jason Kidd was much more short spoken on. He just said, I mean, if, if you're having, if you're having problems with that, get help. And I, you know, I, I don't think what they said was anything super profound and I don't think there was any great way to address it but I was at least glad that they addressed it in some capacity and with their no tolerance policy, they've said, you know, well employed by the Mavericks. So, I mean, if anything remotely smells like domestic violence issues with kid while he's with Dallas, he'll be gone immediately. I'm, I feel fairly convinced of that. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, they had to answer some tough questions because you know, most organizations, I don't think would have had to answer those tough questions, but the Mavericks lost that benefit of the doubt with the issues they've had. Um, and I must say the, the way the Blazers introductory presser for Chauncey Billups went, the bar couldn't have been set lower oh and they, they, they did just fine. I, th- I think in that regard. Yeah. I mean, like I said, they're not going to dive too much into that, you know, some people really tuned into the press conference for that reason to hear what they had to say. And here's the reality of the situation. We're not entitled to that information. And kids family was there too. They weren't going to get into all that stuff with kids family there. And, you know, if you want to harp and speculate about, Oh, they had his family there to be a shield or to shield him from those questions and have an excuse on why they harped on it. Uh, All I'm going to say is I have never seen a introductory press conference where the person being presented, his family was not in attendance. That's never happened as far as I'm concerned. So everyone's family is always there. But when it comes to Jason Kidd, I know people always weren't happy about the fact that all he had to say was you got to get help. He actually talked about it a little bit earlier Mm -hmm. in the press conference talking about it's good to talk it out, to have those talks. And this is, you know, as fans, we always feel entitled to know all the details. Uh, if we ask them a question, we feel entitled to know every single little detail of what Sin Marshall and Jason Kidd talked about, what Jason Kidd talked about with Dirk. Those are their conversations. Those are the people in the decision-making roles. And don't don't even think about that. Think about Rob Palinka. Think about Jeannie Buss. Think about yeah. Frank Vogel. Think about LeBron James. You don't think he's learned from yep, these people? Absolutely. I mean, that's he's had so many talks with so many people. And yes, talk actually relieves a lot of stress. Talking brings some problems out that maybe you didn't realize at first. And he talked about it. 
And I think it was a good thing for him to talk about how he had so many conversations with some pretty great people, pretty great human beings. And look, man, I'm not going to harp too much, too much on it. They took care of what they needed to take care of. And another point that I was uh, looking at here, when you said talking about KP, I mean, he was adamant that KP is a great fit. And I mean, hell, even Mark Cuban came out and maybe even took a shot at Rick Carlisle talking about he's been, you know, unfairly maligned, which is a great word, by the way. Yeah. Unfairly (laughs) maligned. He was he did what he was asked to do. Now, again, I watched a video earlier this week. Uh, I'm not going to call him out, but this guy had to have been a New York Knicks fan. Talked about how Kristaps Porzingis is a fraud. Uh, he's getting paid way too much money. He's soft. He sucks. Um, last time I checked, 19 points a game does not suck in the NBA. Yeah. And and this is kind of like, you know, we can read this two different ways. Oh, he's coming back. He's for sure back. Or they're trying to bump up his trade value. Yeah, that's what and I was that thinking is, at earlier. That is a real thing that front offices do because when you say that in a press conference, now teams are thinking, oh, well, the problem was Rick Carlisle, and we don't have a Rick Carlisle problem, so maybe if we match this guy up with our star player, it'll work out. So, hey, I have no doubt that they were doing both. Uh, I do want to say that more of it was giving him confidence for him to come mm-hmm. back and have a revitalized season. I, I really, and like I said, what I, what I talked about with Jake last week is all you need as a young player is confidence. And that's what Jason Kidd and Mark Cuban came out and said, they gave him the confidence. Nico Harrison also came that out as well. And he said, I echo everything Jason Kidd said. Yeah. He said exactly that. So I'm, I'm really excited. We're going to talk about a possible trade that I, that I thought about that I read somewhere that's possible. We'll get in that into that here in a little bit. But I mean, what were your takeaways from, you know, the Mavericks really, really having Christoph Porzingis back? Yeah. So they, like we thought, you know, we discussed that at length, you know, I might have discussed it with Jake. I don't remember. It may have just been one with me and you. Either way, we talked about, you know, one thing we're going to learn from this presser is just how they feel about KP and what their plans are. All this speculation about KP being traded is probably for nothing. We'd started to think that more and more over the last couple weeks. But now we're getting to the point where it's like they're not trading him. I, I just don't see a way they trade him. There's You don't really get any value in trading him. Uh, it's just, it, it, it makes, it's very hard to trade him right now. And so I think they're doing the smart thing, uh, where you're able to do, you're able to accomplish multiple things. You build him up a little bit, get his confidence back, uh, talk about, you know, how he's never come into a season fully healthy and just been able to focus on his game. Um, and you know, that helps him and you know, that for whatever it's worth helps his trade value, I guess a little bit. Um, but yeah, so KP, I, I think I, I, I struggle with it because I've wanted him traded at first, but then I wasn't sure. Um, now I'm, I'm much more intrigued by it simply from the idea of uh, him with the new coach. 
Uh, kid seems very in on the idea of him. Kid loves him. Kid's a big fan. Uh, and it's it sounds like Jason Kidd believes in him. And Cuban, when he butted in, he said, you know, he, he said KP was a soldier. He did what he was asked. And it basically kind of buys into the theory of Carlisle put Cuban in the corner or Carlisle put Porzingis in the corner in the playoffs. And, you know, they, they keep saying he did exactly what he was asked. I guess we're going to find out just how much of that is true this season with uh, kid as the coach. I love it. I love it. I mean, and I remember when we were talking about in the series, he's literally standing off in the corner. He can't do anything because he's being guarded by Kawhi. And again, I mean, if that's really what Rick Carlisle gave KP, you can't give that role to your second best player. You, yeah. you, you just can't do that. In my opinion, if that's truly what went down or if the Mavericks are just trying to find an excuse, whatever the case may be, I truly believe that's really what happened. Rick Carlisle gave him that. And he even came out in an interview and, in and, and, and talked about that. And, you know, I mean, had some things to say. I'm just very curious to see where this is, where this ends up being for KP. I mean, we're literally what 12 days away from free agencies, the fastest turnaround in NBA history. And we're about to find out, but as far as KP goes, man, like, I, like I've said, I am banging the table for him to come back stronger, evolve his game. And they talk about developing hell. He's still what? 25, 26. He's still got some, a little bit of yeah. developing. I mean, who knows by the age of 29, he is a, he is the true unicorn. We believed he could be. So, I mean, that's just, that's just my hunch on it, man. I mean, I just I, I do believe in KP. Uh, unless a trade that you just can't pass up on comes up, then you go with that. But when it comes to his value, I wouldn't necessarily from our perspective, it's easy to say, you know, he doesn't have any value or anything like that. But here's I am a fan of a team who traded for a very, very controversial quarterback, okay? All you need to be traded is a team to believe in you, a team to do their homework on you, not look at what was bad, not just look at that, but look at why it was bad. Was it solely on you and your inability? Was it the coaching around you? Was it the players around you, the organization you were in when you were playing at your highest peak what was that reason what kind of sets were you in and out of what was your position on the team and that's something that I learned this past season when you're thinking about trading for a controversial player play uh per what was production wise you got to do your homework and if someone does their homework and they come out and say you know what I believe we have the tools to make KP great and if they value him that much, all it takes is just one person. Mm -hmm. And of course, the package would have to be right. But all it takes is one person. That that's all I yeah. have to say. It's from our perspective, absolutely. The the value is low. Obviously, uh, you would have to obviously put in other players. But it just takes one person to believe in this guy and say, you know what, I'm gonna fix him. I have the coaching staff to fix him the training staff to fix him, the players to surround him with. Here we go. I mean, well, 
it, it, it sounds like the team that you just described coaching staff thinks they can fix him training right staff, da, da, da. it sounds like that exactly. is the mavericks that's right why now. he's staying in dallas exactly uh and so you know i i really i just don't think he's going anywhere and i don't think it would be smart at this point to do so i think right now it's about getting another creator because i think getting another creator as much as it would help luke i also think it would help maximize kp a little bit because mm-hmm. then he wouldn't be relied on so much to go get the the shots when it's not Luca. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll see what the Mavs do. We've talked at length about potential options for the Mavs. We're not going to get into that much at all today. This is more about the presser. Um, but yeah, you know, outside of, you know, the KP stuff, the domestic violence stuff, it all felt like pretty scripted and wasn't super informative. One thing that did stick out to me a lot was uh, mm-hmm. Jason Kidd calling out Josh Green by name. Oh yeah. Uh, he talked about his prowess for developing players. Uh, he specifically mentioned Giannis and Chris Middleton. He didn't take all the credit for them, obviously. Right. Right. But I mean, he said like, you know, we developed those guys and that they brought in Sean Sweeney, Sean Sweeney helped develop those guys. Uh, those, I mean, he, that, that speaks volumes in kids confidence and his ability to develop guys. And Josh Green is a guy that did not get a chance at all last year under Rick Carlisle. Uh, and so, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But yeah. I think Josh Green, Jason Kidd said he wants to help Josh Green go to that next level. I'm here for it because, you know, Josh Green is a, still a first round pick with a high ceiling as a, yes. as a hopefully three and D wing. Uh, I'm pretty confident in his ability to play defense. Now it's just about unlocking his offensive game. Uh, he's a pretty good passer. I mean, there's just a lot of tools to work with, with Josh Green and man, if they're able to unlock Josh Green, I that would do such one if he becomes what they hoped he would be that would do such wonders for this team to add another athletic defending wing I mean that would do so much and so uh, and it's not even just Josh Green uh, there's other young guys on this team that we like a lot now whether or not they're traded by the end of this offseason we don't know but you know Josh Green Tyler Bay uh, Tyrell Terry I mean even Nate Hinton you know there's young guys on this team that there's a lot to like about so you know, we're going to see just how focused they are on developing the young guys as well. Um, I saw, I think it was Isaac Harris. It was one of the locked on Mavs guys. They tweeted about uh, how we're going to have that kid, Josh Green quote bookmarked for uh, mid December when Josh Green's on his fifth DNP coach's decision in a row. And it's just same old, same old. Uh. Um, but yeah, we're, we're going to find out this season. And it's exciting to know that there's a coach that we now have a coach that is much more inclined to develop and work with young guys because absolutely as great of a coach as Carlisle was. That was not his strong suit. He hated young guys, man. He hated young guys a lot. I think Luka Doncic is the exception and not even him. People don't talk about this a lot, but also Jalen Brunson was an exception as well. He played a lot his first and second year and he was a big player and became even bigger in year three so got to give him credit there that i'm really big on giving guys credit who don't get it enough but you said it man josh green um another point uh to your take he graded as one of the best athletes in last year's draft athletes I mean, he was a better athlete yeah. than Desmond Bain and Sadiq Bay. He graded better as them. Now, just in terms of talent, clearly a little bit lax, but with Jason Kidd, with Sean Sweeney, that's what they're going to try and do, tap into that potential. Um, the fact that he didn't mention Tyrell Terry, Terry kind of made me cry on my drive home. Uh, I really <laughs> wanted to hear what he had to say about him. But, hey, man, I mean, 
the guy can still if he can shoot it like this again he still needs to learn he's gotta get a little bit of muscle maturity in him a little bit looks like a 13 year old kid coming from gym class but i mean tyler you mentioned these young guys when it comes to the draft they currently don't have no picks but honestly are you really trying to buy into the draft for a second round pick i mean what 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 are you going to accomplish in the draft if you're not getting into the first round? I mean, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily. I I don't expect them to get into the draft at all unless they see a player that fell where they who they love and they just say here here's Maxi Kleber or something like that. But other than that, man, I truly 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 expect the Mavericks to stay quiet on draft night. Yeah, I I don't know, man, because they talked about the draft. They talked about young guys. Nico Harrison said he's studied, you know, the uh, the last 19 draft classes. That seems yeah. to be a big that seems to be a big point for them. Um, they've been having draft workouts for guys. Um, now they haven't revealed which guys are having said workouts for. Of course, which is interesting, uh, and as they should, honestly, if you don't have a draft pick, you're not going to give away guys you're going to try and buy the pick for go after um but also on top of that you're building relationships with guys for down the line whenever they're free agents and all that all that all that good stuff um i'm glad to see that they at least are trying to build something there in terms of you know maybe we get another young guy in here i'm not sure how they would acquire it Jared Butler. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I guess we're just going to have to see how it all, how it all plays out. Hey, but another Um, takeaway real quick is, Hey man, we're actually going to put an emphasis on defense in Dallas in big D. We we haven't got that in a while. Uh, Jason. Yeah. We, we, we thought we were going to get that in, uh, in this past year and the defense actually got worse, worse. (laughs) Um, So, you know, we're, we're just going to have to see how things play out, man. Dude, uh, there's there, there's definitely a lot of ways this thing can go. Can you imagine if Luca turns it up on defense? If they get the second creator and everything, and can you imagine if he becomes Luca's shown really he can be good a good defender, defender, man. He can, but with the good teaching of technique and everything, can you imagine if this dude becomes a really solid defender? I mean, he's just speeding up, speeding up the chance. And then you remember. And then you remember he's only 22. Only mm-hmm. 22. So literally your championship window went from here to. Yeah, dude. I mean, yeah. It just depends. I'm really excited to see that. That was honestly my favorite takeaway from the entire press conference defense. It's about damn time. Yeah. I mean, goodness gracious. We still don't know what's going to happen with Josh Richardson. Nico Harrison literally talked about, um, I believe it was Nick Angstead from Locked on Mavs who asked the question, "What, where this roster is now, what do you think you need to become a contender? Nico Harrison literally said, I'm excited to see Jason Kidd get his hands on this current roster because if yep. you have a change of culture, a change of voices, that literally elevates the team. And yep. I think those were his words, word for word. word. So – uh, I, I don't believe they're going to run it back because I don't know why you would. Uh, as long as you can get some reliable bigs in, then honestly, I wouldn't be mad. As long as you can get someone who could rebound worth a damn, then I am perfectly okay with that. But I don't imagine they're going to run it back. 
But hey, man, I mean, I'm excited for defense. Dorian Finney-Smith, KP, Maxi. What about Dwight Powell? Can he finally defend in the paint? I mean, we'll see. Jaylen Who knows Burns if any of these guys are even going to be on the roster this year? You know, it's. I feel like this is about to be. This is going to go one of two ways. We're either going to get a be maybe a little disappointed and more or less run things back, or it's going to be a completely different looking roster. I really just don't know which way they're going to go. Um, it kind of, <laughs> I saw on Twitter today, someone say like these, everything they're saying kind of, kind of leans DeRozan and to not be shocked when they signed DeRozan. And I, I agree. They've talked about like getting Luke, another creator. Mm-hmm. Um, they absolutely could do some veteran presence. It's just, who knows what they're going to do, man. I, I, this is the weirdest. Jake mentioned it last week. Uh, this is the least feel he's had for how a market's going to be damn near ever. I mean, I mean, who, who knows how this is going to play out? Yeah. And again, uh, another thing that I just thought about when it came to this press conference, Mark Cuban mentioned with the past regime, Rick Carlisle, Donnie Nelson, there wasn't a lot of structure. That's that, That's really crazy. I don't know if I want to believe that, or if that's just Mark being Mark, I have no idea. He literally basically called out Donnie Nelson and took a shot at him. In my opinion. I mean, he literally said, well, in the past, we didn't have a lot of structure. Now, you know, it's me, Nico, Jason, sin Marshall. That's what the understanding is. And Nico is a guy who can come in and be very strict on people know your role. So if if yeah. that's the case, then okay. We still don't know what is up with uh, SpongeBob or whatever the hell his name is. We still don't know what's going yeah, the, oh yeah, I forgot about that. The payroll comment, Haralaboba, whatever the case can, may can, be. Can we talk about the irony of Cuban saying he doesn't talk about people on the payroll when he's sitting there up on the podium with three people on the payroll next to him? Like, what I are we doing here? I here here's my thing. Uh, I don't think it matters whether Haralabob is here or not anymore. I, I think Cuban learned his lesson with keeping him around the team and how poorly that went. Uh, Cuban's not a stupid guy. Uh, He's not going to be around the team anymore. If he taken. Is, I'll tell you that. Yeah, exactly. And that's all I really care about. Just don't be around the team. Um, don't really, you know. Don't even be in the Just be an analytics room. guy. Just be an analytics guy. And yeah. I'm good with that, honestly. Um, as long as that's his role, I, I don't particularly care. I believe it was Chad Ford who recently spoke about last year's draft and he literally spoke on it. Um, Last year, he was even talking about Bob uh, Haralabob. He was talking about him and how he has the ear of Mark Cuban. And what do you know? A year later, everything went to hell. And Mm -hmm. what he said was what he was hearing out of Dallas, the entire scouting staff wanted banged the table for Sadiq Bay because he was the guy he was one of their He's top five wanted. guys he was one of their top five guys that they mm-hmm. absolutely wanted because he was the guy they had they had thought they would have to trade up for but he was there at 18 and when Bob convinced Mark hey man get Josh Green man everyone in Dallas was pissed off it, they were just furious and that kind of confirms what we heard previously so I mean hey it's a new day in Dallas. There's a lot of great things. 
Are we going to get DeMar DeRozan? I really hope so. A guy who can create one of the most lethal mid-range shooters in the game today. Hey, man, I- I'm really hopeful. But, Nate, I have. I know we literally just talked about KP's not going anywhere. I truly believe there's no chance he even goes anywhere. Even, yeah. I just don't think Damian Lillard's coming. CJ McCollum's not coming. Bradley Bill's not coming. He's going to stay here. Yeah. But there is one trade that came across my attention, okay? And this is a trade that really got me excited because I actually fell in love with this trade, okay? So it's a sign-and-trade with the Charlotte Hornets, okay? So Dallas would receive Terry Rozier, P.J. Washington, Malik Monk, two. 2023 and 2025 first round picks from charlotte okay what what charlotte is getting chris stops porzingis okay josh richardson i'm in on that (laughs) jalen brunson 2022 second round pick and because the second round pick would be thrown in because you're getting pj washington i I suppose here's here's the thing so you said we'd be getting pj washington terry rozier malik monk does adding those three and subtracting kp and brunson does that make you better now if your plan is to use that newfound cap space and go get some bigger names then i'm interested but here's the thing picks yeah 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 and the draft picks help too um you know, if that could blossom into some in a bigger move, if that's like part one of a of a bigger move, then I'd be interested. But mm-hmm. I, that that that's the biggest thing that I would need to know is what are the plans after the trade? Is that it? Um, because you'd get some ammo for sure. And now on your sign and trade, is this a sign and trade for Malik Monk because he's a restricted free agent. Oh, okay, so Malik Monk. Would, okay, yeah. I, I was thinking Malik Monk. Okay, and also well, Jalen Brunson well, would be that, getting that, his extension too. That that's another thing. Uh, what is Malik Monk going to be getting? You know, Malik is, is Monk. I believe deal? it's it's somewhere in when I looked it up, it's somewhere between eight and fifteen because he's been so inconsistent. But this past year, he shot forty percent from three. Yeah, it, so, that would that would clear a lot of cap. Um, yeah, it, it would clear it, a lot. That, uh, whether or not you would okay that trade, I think preliminary, like initially, I think I'm going to say no to that trade, uh-huh. mainly mainly because uh, I'm just not super hip on giving Malik Monk a multi-year deal. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, yes, you would get off the KP contract, and I'm sure Malik Monk could be moved. I just from a Malik Monk angle from a, does that make you better? Cause I think you'd absolutely be losing that trade on a, uh, like a player for player basis. Again, the only way I would be pretty intrigued by that trade is if, you know, this is a stepping stone for two more big free agents mm-hmm. or, you know, one big free agent. And I have these draft picks to orchestrate a trade. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that plays out, but, uh, yeah, that that's definitely an interesting idea. It's one of the more intriguing KP trades I've seen floated out there simply from a draft pick perspective because there hasn't been many scenarios where you're getting draft picks back. And we're talking about from the Mavs perspective, would Charlotte do that? I don't think so. I I mean, I, I Michael Jordan it. has made some very questionable 
questionable yeah, no, decision. No, 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 no. So. You're you're correct. I I don't know. That that's an interesting trade for sure. I, yeah. I at the very least like that one a lot more than the KP Kemba swap that we talked about last oh, week. Oh my gosh, that's my that's my least favorite, dude. But here's here's when I sat down and put myself in Charlotte's shoes, I have Lamelo. I'm keeping Miles Bridges. I still have Gordon Hayward. Have a couple of nice bigs. I need something more. I need youth. Terry Rozier, the spark plug. This past year, he scored 20 points a game. Can you imagine him playing next to Luka or coming off the bench in that Jalen Brunson role? That is an immediate spark plug. Malik Monk playing with Rozier off the bench. Three-point shooting. P.J. Washington, maybe he's in the starting lineup. Maybe he's backing up Dorian Finney-Smith or Dorian Finney-Smith is backing up him. You add Kristaps Porzingis, and like I said earlier, you have to believe in this guy. And if the Charlotte Hornets believe in Kristaps Porzingis, this trade is worth it because also you're getting another floor general for when LaMelo comes off yeah. the floor. You're uh, well, getting Jalen Brunson. Here, here's my thing. Another thing about this is – I think it's worth – so I think I'm going to say no to the trade because I think it's worth running things out, letting things play out with KP a little bit longer because, you know, yeah. his value is already low. It's not going to get much lower. Um, you're going to be able to trade him again. I think it's worth at least letting him run it out with this with, with the new staff, um, with the new regime. Clearly, he didn't get – we've talked at length about how clearly he didn't get along very well with uh, Rick at all. Mm-hmm. Um and so we're going to, you know, it, it's just all dependent on how you think he'll mesh with kid. And I think that it's at the very least worth giving a shot because what do you have to lose? You're not going to lose much more trade value. It's already really, really low. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just think that I just think that it's worth playing this out with KP at least for another year or even a half season, you know, maybe he balls out the the first half of the season. You trade him at the deadline and, you know, for a blockbuster deal, who knows? Um, I just think you give yourself a lot more options by letting KP play this out because here's the thing. You still have a lot of cap space even right now, even yes. with KP, yes. even with KP in the fold, you still have tons of cap space. And I mean, are you, how much different are you feeling about this team? If you basically swap Hardaway for DeRozan? Uh, or any other of the free agents you talk, Norman Powell, your boy, who I tweeted, I tweeted at you about uh, who the Mavs been listed as his top three suitors. Um, there's my just dream a, is still a Toronto reunion in Dallas. I'm hey, still hey, praying. No, for I, I I wouldn't hate that at all. Um, but yeah, they they still have plenty of flexibility, man. And uh, one like I said earlier, with Jake talked about, you know, we don't really know what the market's going to look like. Um, there's been reports about how, you know, this is going to be a big sign and trade, uh, off season. This could be the off season of the sign and trade with just all the uncertainty and everything going on. So who knows how this will play out? Um, I, I've said it earlier. This is, this is the least I've felt that I know is going to like, what's going to happen. This is the least confident I felt in what's going to happen, not just for the Mavs, but throughout the league. Um, mm-hmm. like nothing would surprise me really, man. Like, I, I just, I don't feel one way or the other on how the entire league is going to play out here in this coming off season. As we wrap this up, Michael, uh, how, how far out are we till free agency? You've been my countdown guy throughout all this. I lit and I have the countdown right here. Let me I, find it. There you uh, go. Let me see here. 
We are 11 days right now at 1030 Wednesday night. So when you're listening to this, we are now 10 days away from NBA free agency, seven days from the NBA draft. Not a lot of Mavs fans are looking forward to that, but 10 days. Hey, maybe we buy a pick. Maybe we get our Josh Bell, like what the Warriors or not Josh Bell, uh, Jordan Bell, Jordan Bell. Right. Yeah. The baseball player, the the first baseman. Oh Uh, my goodness. Uh, uh yeah no uh jordan bell may- maybe we get our version of that guy i mean because you can always buy picks hey, maybe draft, we, so we'll see maybe we get our maybe we get our version of dylan brooks yay you know no, a lot, a lot of things can happen around pick so hey, um but back back to the trade real quick i definitely understand why you would say no because you don't know what the next steps are is your starting lineup gonna be luca mm-hmm. TJ or Terry Rozier, Dorian Finney-Smith, PJ Washington, and Dwight Powell, that's not really contending. So I understand it from that point of view, and I, I definitely get it. Honestly, the main reason why I'm doing it is because we're getting two first-round picks, honestly, yeah, and we're getting some scoring. The bench would be bolstered with PJ and Malik for the future, but definitely I'm not mad at you if you said no because right now I do I do not expect KP to be wearing another jersey next year. Uh, so right now, standing at about $20.9 million August 1st, that's going to be the deadline for Josh Richardson to make his decision, for the Mavericks to make their decision. I think he's going to opt in. I think he's going to opt in. He just might, but if he if he opts in, I hope that boy is ready to be traded, in, in my opinion. Yeah, I really I, hope he is. I really don't see a way Josh Richardson's on the Mavs in 2021. Um, even if he opts in, I just, it didn't work. And, you know, hey, I, mean, I, I really liked the trade at the time, but it didn't work and it's time. to I, Yeah. On, so. We loved the trade at the time. Yeah. I, I believe so. Hey man, again, we're just, I think we have what one more episode before free agency kicks off. I think two, I think, but it, it's, it, it's exciting. I can't wait. We're already hearing about Chris Paul and, the Lakers a day after the NBA finals, maybe Russell Westbrook in LA. Yeah. Oh my gosh, dude. Hey man, would you, uh, if he opted out, I believe, would you throw big money at Bobby Portis? No, no, no. He just seems kind of like a gimmicky player that had, that had like a fun, popular playoff run. The type of guy that you just, if you throw a lot of money at him, you were, you, you look at yourself a year later and you're like, why did I do that? And you're like, remember the, remember the, uh, not totally different players, but re- remember the, uh, the Bismack Biombo, uh, oh playoff run. Gosh. That, that, that's the Getting first like- name that comes to mind again, different type of player, but like just the guy that kind of goes nuts in the playoffs, makes a name for himself, fan favorite. And then someone throws a lot of money at him and then they regret it within about, 10 days it was it was the magic <laughs> yeah. that gave him a yeah, huge contract right right yeah. i remember he, he was he with had the raptors like, and then got he had like 19 rebounds 22 yeah. I, rebounds i just you know that's crazy hey but Ooh. this guy can shoot the three hey, though yeah yeah exactly hey, and then there, there's there's a lot of options and uh yeah you know we're, we're gonna i guarantee you we're gonna have some emergency pods in the next uh couple weeks up our sleeves man it's gonna I be can't fun wait, I'm excited. Man. cannot wait um well with all that being said uh, that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter at Nate underscore Sanch 77. Uh, you can catch Michael on Twitter at underdog sports four. 
Uh, make sure to keep loving all the content on the Mavs Fans for Life blog. Uh, we've got a new team of writers that are putting out great articles every day. Uh, we're doing big things over here at the at the blog, at the Mavs Fans for Life page, uh, with the podcast, with the articles, and you know, we're we're gonna just keep bringing you guys content throughout this throughout this off season. Uh, it's almost that time, Michael. Every week, I feel like we've been counting down, and we're getting closer and closer to free agency. Um, it, it's almost Christmas morning. Uh, rather uh, than find some fun gifts or some coal in our stockings, man, it, it, it's going to be fun. I am expecting great gifts. I, I mean, I know the Mavericks came out great and said, gifts. I love it. <laughs> I, I, I know they, I mean, what I'm expecting a PS five, but in, in reality, I'm getting like those old school 2001 game boys, like <laughs> maybe, uh, yeah. but I know Nico said, and, and that's basic, basic G new GM talk. That's basic new GM talk, talking yeah. about the current roster, hyping them up. But man, dude, I, I am expecting change on this roster. I really am. I'm expecting Willie Cauley Stein, maybe Dwight Powell, Josh Richardson, Trey Burke gone. I'm expecting some cap space to be freed up. But hey, man, we got two more shows to talk about all of that. So, hey, man, maybe some future trades. Definitely going to dig deep into this uh, front court class of trade targets, free agents, restricted free agents, the whole nine yards, man. I can't wait. And hey, maybe Tyson Chandler, the new yeah, assistant yeah, that's another thing for the Mavericks. The from the press, we've got to talk about about them. Dude, wait, you know, can you, can you JJ imagine? JJ and Tyson Chandler. Can you imagine if Jason Kidd comes to him? He's just like, hey, man, you want to be a coach? And Tyson's just like, I was actually thinking I could finish my career in Dallas. Yeah. Like, get, get, can get you imagine more year. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, man, I, I, man, I thought I still had something left in the tank. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hook it, a brother it, up. Yeah, exactly. He, he'll, he'll stand on the end of the bench and be a, and be a cheerleader. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an exciting time. Uh, once again, congrats to the Bucks. Uh, and hopefully he, here's to hoping that can be Luca in the next year or two. Yes. Uh, Giannis had his moment and now I think it's time for the Mavs to build a contender around Luca and let him have his moment. So with all that said, barring any bombs between now and then, uh, we will talk to you guys next week on the Mavs fans for life podcast.